Learn how Adobe Substance can help level up your brand's visual identity. In the webinar, give your brand elements depth and realism with 3D from Adobe Creative Cloud. Design expert Michael Tanzillo shows you how to transform 2D brand elements into knockout visual experiences. Find out more at powerofteamworkpodcast.com. Adobe, changing the world through digital experiences. This is the Power of Teamwork, brought to you by Adobe. This season, we are diving deep into the culture of teams, from the nitty-gritty of collaboration to shared vision and culture. We hear from the biggest names in technology, entertainment, and business. These stories prove that success starts with we. Could bots make teams more creative and collaborative? What if every team got to organize itself autonomously inside a larger company? That's the heart of the business strategy at Lemonade Insurance. Lemonade is a, is a digital tech company during insurance that's driven by AI and social impact. The company is set up with an autonomous organizational structure where lots of smaller companies make up the larger company. And at Lemonade, AI bots are a core part of every team. We're trying to make insurance, which is a necessity in our world, to actually be easy, fast, precise, and maybe even lovable. In this episode, we get an inside view with two members of the Lemonade executive team who share how innovation in their tech is powering collaboration among their people. Hi, I'm Adina. I'm the COO at Lemonade. I uh, oversee all the people and business operations and customer-facing teams. Hi, I'm Sean Burgess, the Chief Claims Officer at Lemonade. The claims team is part of the overall customer ops team, which has the sales and service environment in it as well. Team culture at Lemonade is all about moving fast. From Adina's perspective, moving fast isn't just about growing. It's about scaling gracefully. Yeah, um, scaling gracefully, yeah. I mean, scale is is a much more graceful word than grow in any case, because growing, you know, a company is going to grow. If you want your business to grow, then the company is going to grow. But scaling is doing so more efficiently and productively than your business does. And that's where you get the economies of scale. And so scaling gracefully means, you know, scaling. So getting all those efficiencies, but in such a way that we preserve our culture and what we like to call like maker mindset as we grew from 100 to 1,000 and beyond. You know, each individual matters. Each individual that works for us is connected and contributes to the business goals you know, we want to make sure that every person has both autonomy and accountability. And some those are some of like the the main principles of the scaling gracefully and also how how we've designed our organization. You know, we wanted to minimize overhead dependencies and other slowdowns that you tend to see in large corporations and increase our ability to move fast and be agile. So I think that that's how you scale gracefully. At the heart of Lemonade's structure is a model called the autonomous organization. Each team is a little company inside of the larger company. We organize into companies where each company is independent and gets to have its own resources and the ability to move faster. But that's definitely something that grew from identifying a really clear growing pain. So like people that joined Lemonade when we were 10 people joined because it was a startup and a super cool and you get to sit down with the CEO and do QA, right? So 
I don't want those people to live when lemonade is a thousand. So I'm not going to switch them out for corporate animals. What I want is for those people to still feel like they work in a startup, even when we're 1,500 and 3,000 and 10,000. How do you do that? You create these tiny autonomous units that are startups in their own right that make them feel important, impactful, belonging, and unique. But basically, the companies are uh, individual business units for each of our product lines. Uh, each of the business units will have a GM or a company lead, and they will have all the functions within that company necessary to run the business. Um, they'll have product and engineering resources, they'll have customer support, they'll have claims, they'll have growth teams, and they'll be able to prioritize within their company in order to meet each of their individual company goals, top line, bottom line, loss ratio, all the different metrics. And then together they contribute to Lemonade overall goals and they're supported by what we call platform teams and building infrastructure that is needed to support all the different companies. Specific to answer your question about geographies, the smallest unit in a company will be a squad. So you'll have multiple squads that form tribes, that form companies. Ideally, squads should be co-located. So like if you're a product engineering squad, we think that that's like a highly collaborative nature of work. So we do tend to have them in the same site. But that changes according to the nature of the work. So in the other extreme where you have, for example, customer experience associates, where their work is individual, very, very trackable, and can be done basically from anywhere so that the co-location piece is less of a thing. The majority of our teams are based in either New York, the Arizona area, Tel Aviv, and Amsterdam. So what does autonomy mean at Lemonade, and how does that ladder up to your team's success? So what we try to do is we try to add that individual squad unit through companies and up to sort of Lemonade executive team is to set objectives and key results for each of those business units, which we believe and analyzed and uh, stretch goals, but good for our business. They could be related to growth. They could be related to efficiency. They could be related to risk management, pricing. The autonomy comes with how are you going to achieve those key results? That is not something that you'll get from top management. So if I'm the GM of the homeowner's business, I know I need to grow my IFP by 10%. How I'm going to achieve that, I have all the resources at my disposal. I have a cross-functional team. I have one of every type of person that I need. I have my tech infrastructure. I have my resources. I can test out one initiative. It's not yielding the results that I expect. I pivot. That's not a conversation that you have to have or an approval cycle or it doesn't require a business review. The business is measuring you on just the key results. So that's where the autonomy comes from. And in order to do that, you need your organizational design to enable autonomous collaborative working styles, but your tech also needs to be autonomous so that if you make a change in one place, it doesn't impact another place so that you can really sort of, you know, push multiple builds into production and kind of move rapidly in that sense. Freedom in a framework is the way, I, you know, I think about it. And, you know, Adina gives me personally a, this freedom within the claims organization to go get it done. But there's a framework, right? And it's not chaos, right? You know, we're really laser focused together on the top line goals of the company. Sean, I want to ask you, it seems like there's this theme of individual accountability as a team, but all pushing towards the same goal. Um, is that the same thing in the claims department? It's when we set our key results, our operational key results, our OKRs, we are very purposeful to make sure that um, everything is laddering up to those corporate goals. And once that is set within claims, 
that autonomy that Ian talked about. We have the ability to say, we're going to take X percent of our claims that are almost half of our claims are instant today. If we want to get that to 60%, we set that as an internal target that matches up to the lemonade corporate targets. Um, it feels weird, by the way, saying lemonade corporate because it's really not, you know, as corporate as we think, right? You know, there's really this very purposeful approach to say, we're not trying to tell every team what to do down to the level of, you know, individual projects or items. It's here's your overall goal and run fast and get it. Why is moving fast at a company like Lemonade so important? We believe that speed is in a superior customer experience, but also is important in just good corporate decision making and the ability to pivot and make decisions, but also, you know, more precision in pricing, uh, claims handling, building an insurance company, which is completely on a digital substrate, means that our AI and machine learning capabilities are integrated into the core technology stack, which is every single vertical that you can imagine in insurance. So, you know, you've got the beautifully designed app and website where you can get insurance policies in minutes, speaking to the speed, you know, by chatting to our bot Maya. But you can also chat with our claims bot Jim to file a simple claim like a stolen laptop or more complex claims like an ongoing fire, God forbid. But Jim, who's the bot, he'll handle 97% of all claims first before either paying them or closing the claim or handing it over to our human claims team for further processing. That means that even more of a third of our claims are settled within three seconds with zero human intervention. So just imagine that, you know, the technology provides such an increasing level of automation, which actually provides a notably better service at a lower cost. So speed is really key. It also comes with the type of employee that we need to bring on as a maker. You really have to have the ability to deal with a lot of ambiguity, to move fast, to I say, you know, people say they want to move fast until you really start moving fast. How does the executive team collaborate to achieve the larger company's goal? It really is a hyper collaborative environment, but it's not a hyper meeting environment. It starts with those very clear objectives up front. And I'll tell you, Daniel, Shai, and Adina at the very highest level limit are very clear, meet regularly with the team. And then we have a key set of core projects and things that we're working on, whether that's profitability or customer experience or the employee experience that we laser focus on. And one of the things that is really powerful at Lemonade is measuring for results. The fact the data that we have here is really game changing to be able to measure performance. It's really important for me that everybody that works in Lemonade that can listen to like what Lemonade's trying to achieve, they can read something in the press and really, hey, I did that. That was me. I contributed to that. And like really understand like being authentic as leaders, being approachable, you know, answering silly questions and really trying to connect everybody's individual work to the company goals and how they're interlocked and in interconnected. I think that that's key to sort of that sense of even though I'm sitting at home, I'm not alone. Uh, Adina is, uh, you know, has, is known for, uh, you know, her singing um, at the beginning of meetings sometimes as well. So there, you got to have you got to have a lot of fun here, too. Right. So that's part of it. Every team knows the importance of speed and efficiency. The webinars from Adobe Document Cloud offer practical advice on how to scale any business. In the webinar, Top Ways to Move Your Business Faster, learn how Adobe Acrobat's smart document workflows can replace cumbersome processes. Find out more at powerofteamworkpodcast.com. Adobe, changing the world through digital experiences.
data, data, data drives everything in the market today. That's no secret. And I know it's one big solution that Lemonade relies on. What kind of data does Lemonade care about in, I guess, holistically, Adina? If you could choose one thing, like what helps operate and run Lemonade? Insurance is data and statistics, right? That's how you price. That's how you assess risk. That's how you assess whether or not to approve a claim. Lemonade was built from day one on structural technological infrastructure. So that's the secular trend that Lemonade is entering when it comes into data and statistics. It's a long-term outlook and not something that's going to happen overnight. The most noticeable thing is in, in our consumer experience, right? So AI-powered chatbots selling personalized policy, user-friendly apps that help navigate policy needs, oftentimes painless claims experience, right? These changes better align with the increasing demands that consumers have and expect from companies, but also internal processes, fraud detection, claims processing, systems management. They've all become more automated, efficient, and generating huge amounts of data to make those systems faster, cheaper, and more precise, right? So Lemonade is often able to provide comparable, if not cheaper, rates with the delightful and fast experience because of the way we use data. Let's get into AI. Can you explain to us again who AI Jim is and who AI Cooper is? AI Cooper, he's my best friend. My wife is wondering, like, why do I keep talking about Cooper? It's our internal bot that helps us runs our business internally for us. Everything from reminders to potentially pushing 30 uploads a day into our system that could impact either the customer or the maker experience. Cooper actually helps us uh, with our employee experience. So Cooper tells managers about birthdays when they're going to get a new employee joining. Uh, it helps, you know, congratulate people. It reminds people if they've got a L&D seminar coming up. It helps remind people to write performance reviews and actually helps you collect feedback from people in order to deliver that performance review. So I really, I really think that we've managed to incorporate AI in a way that helps internal communication, helps internal collaboration in ways that we couldn't do it without Cooper in some regard. I think it definitely fosters collaboration. So for example, if I'm engineering and I'm working on a new feature, so when the time comes to push a feature through environment, staging into production, they'll ask Cooper to do that. Cooper, when Cooper moves something between environments, it actually broadcasts to all the engineers that need to know that something has been moved between staging environments. So Cooper actually facilitates communication if there is a distributed sense of the engineering team whilst it does its tasks. And then AI Jim is the claims bot. So when you report a claim to Lemonade, which happens, you know, 98% of the time digitally, AI Jim is the first one to handle it. AI Jim takes that claim in, reviews it, determines a couple things, right? Through our AI and technology, right? It determines, can we take care of this in a matter of seconds, which we do a third of the time we handle the claims within three seconds, they're done, right? Um, and then you can take another fraction of that and about another getting up to about 50% of those claims are handled electronically and through the artificial intelligence. And then what AI Gem allows is for the, the other 50% of claims to actually be handed off to a human to really make that, that connection and that difference when somebody has a bad day. So that's AI Gem and the claim space. And we also have AI Maya who, who sells and, and, and services a good portion of our policies as well. Is that the same on the claim side? AI is embedded throughout the claims process. So when you think about, we've mentioned a few times, the digitally filed first notice of loss, right? So 
how you find out about a claim. And that being at the 98% of the time, right, people are reporting their claim through our app. The AI started, started beginning, right? AI Jim is talking to you. AI Jim is walking through a process, doing a, a lot of triaging. Our AI models last year put out at least, a, you know, potentially $100 million um, in claims that we went back and looked at and made sure that we we're paying what we before payments made. We look at altered documents that come in and those type of things that our AI is constantly looking at, right? And as the claim continues, whether it's, you know, one that's handled instantly, boom, we're done. If it handles throughout the, the life cycle, then our own internal AI, you know, we mentioned Cooper, makes our claims advocates more productive, more efficient, we believe. And we call our claims in the industry, they're called adjusters. We call them advocates. Very first advocate I talked to when I came to Lemonade and I asked her, what makes you, uh, she'd come from a carrier that had been around for a hundred plus years, right? I said, why do you like working at Lemonade? She said, Sean, when I get my claim, it's 70% completed for me already. Then I can focus on the things like that's what Adina talked about. That's what people want to do, right? They don't want to do the administrative things. Maybe I can add on to that uh, in terms of, you know, different ways that we're using AI in our claims processes. So we have, for example, technology to track fires and storms, which we call Watchtower, which then will stop marketing campaigns in those areas. You don't buy insurance as the event is actually in effect or, or delaying start dates of insurance policies taking effect. We have telematics in, in our car insurance policy that helps things like automatic crash detection. We use also computer vision and NLP models to detect risky homes, which is also a really important way to impact claims. But I'll give you just an, an anecdote on the fraudulent claim side of things. One of the things that I loved most when we introduced a new a suspicious claims model into production. And we said, okay, there's going to be a probability that this claim is fraudulent or suspicious. And we put it on a zero to 10 scale. And above a certain level of probability that this claim is fraudulent based on analyzing videos or pictures or other types of details, we said to the consumer on the front end, you've been flagged for inspection, follow this process. And just flagging for inspection, 50% of those claims were canceled. That's behavioral economics for you using AI. So not only did the claims not make their way to people, so we actually gained on efficiencies, we didn't handle those claims. Um, it also kind of makes you believe that the model is pretty good. Obviously, if the claim wasn't fraudulent, it would have been handled and paid. We pay what we owe. But saying gotcha, that's, that's real. Are there certain best practices or takeaways that you've learned from implementing AI more analytical power brings more responsibility, right? AI makes enables you to sort of break apart these monolithic groups of data, right? So instead of having like these generic factors and assigning a probability to them, it turns into like tiny, tiny, tiny little groups. So that, we believe, creates more fairness, not less. So now, I guess the scary part that a lot of people are thinking is AI is going to be taking a ton of jobs, right? But you say that AI makes being a human at Lemonade better, I guess, faster, more real. Is AI making collaborating easier? Is it improving teamwork? I, I definitely think so. I actually think that AI has a lot of qualities that are going to make humans' lives easier and more efficient. You know, think about it as like an exoskeleton for our team. We build Lemonade constantly as this autonomous organization, but... That's through striving to make sure that our humans are heads down on stuff that only humans can do. But we use AI also on people data to help us analyze attrition and, and retention on, on, on the employee side of things and engagement. And we have ENPS scores, so we definitely use AI to help us understand that. 
We spoke about risk selection and fraud detection, marketing prioritization, pricing. But with, you know, the coming age of generative AI, we expect it to do um, so much more. You know, at Lemonade, with our culture and our architecture, it's almost like we were waiting for this moment. Um, so the transformative effects will be far-reaching, and we're very, very, very excited about what our near and longer-term future holds with these new technologies. Thank you for all those best practices and everything and all those stories. I guess the last question that I'd like to ask, a company can't go public without at least one or two failures along the way. Are there any stories or learnings that you could share about pitfalls or failures and what the executive team learned from them? So we actually do have a pretty strong culture of transparency and like radical candor. You know, Sean gave a few uh, examples of that. We talk a lot through our mistakes and we learn from them. And and we also don't play it safe. So what we talk about when we talk about initiatives, we say, find out what will kill you and take it back a notch. Anything from you, Sean? I think that nailed it, man. I, I think one of the first sessions I went to that we had was, I mean, it was called F-ups. I wouldn't say the word, but so we have F-up meetings, right? So I think that just speaks to the transparency of like, we're not a company here that's going to play it safe. We're going to do things the right way and we're going to live by, you know, our core values, but we're going to make more mistakes than any other company. Um, and we're going to move faster to, to fix them and make them better. To learn more about Lemonade's team, check out Lemonade.com. Follow Chief Operations Officer Adina Eckstein and Chief Claims Officer Sean Burgess on LinkedIn. The Power of Teamwork is brought to you by Adobe, leaders in collaboration for more than 40 years. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe. To learn more about the Power of Teamwork and the guests you heard on this episode, visit our website at powerofteamworkpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.